Hello and welcome to the Greenfield Baptist Sermons Podcast. Each week we will be uploading the Focus Scripture and Sermon from Greenfield Baptist Church in Northeast Pennsylvania. Thank you for joining us and enjoy. Lord God, we come to you this morning together. We're thankful to be in your house. Thankful for our fathers, Lord. Thankful for the ability to be fathers to be role models to those around us. And Lord, for a lot of us, that is very humbling and intimidating. And Lord, it comes to mind this morning the difficulty of feeling confident in that process. There's always something more or better or different that we could have done. And Lord, I pray this morning for those who feel that sense in their heart today. We know that that is a difficult place to be. Lord, we ask that as we look at your word and as we spend some time in it this morning, that you would encourage our hearts. That Lord, we wouldn't take your word and beat ourselves up with it, but rather that we would take your word and work to emulate it more. That, Lord, at the end of the day, we would say, yeah, maybe I didn't do it everything right, but I'm working on doing it better. May today's scripture and your words that are spoken be an encouragement to our hearts. May we step away for a moment from beating ourselves up and allow ourselves to hear in our hearts what you're speaking to us. May they not be harsh words, but rather comforting words in some way. You are a good and mighty God who loves us. Your goal is not to beat us into submission. Sometimes we need it, but you don't do it that way unless you have to. And so, Lord, I ask that you would be powerful today, that your word would be powerful in our lives, that we would take something from it. Father's Day, Mother's Day, it doesn't, at the end of the day, Lord, you're speaking to all of us. Encourage our hearts this morning. In your name we pray. Amen. This morning's scripture is out of Deuteronomy chapter 6. Happens to be right after the Ten Commandments that are not the, the a replay of the Ten Commandments in Deuteronomy. And so there's a sense of, here's all the rules, let me give you one more kind of sense, that kind of sense. Like there's these rules and then there's this overarching understanding of God. Uh, Chapter 6, verse 1 through 9. These are the commands, decrees, and laws the Lord your God directed me to teach you to observe in the land that you are crossing the Jordan to possess so that you, your children, and their children after them may fear the Lord your God as long as you live by keeping all his decrees and commands that I give you and so that you may enjoy long life 
Hear, O Israel, and be careful to obey so that it may go well with you and that you may increase greatly in a land flowing with milk and honey. Just as the Lord your God of the God of your ancestors promised you. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk to them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. May God add his blessing as we continue to sing this morning. Lord God, thank you for your word this morning. Thank you for the reminder that you love us. Thank you, Lord, that you have been a good father figure to us a good example for us. Lord, I can't help but think of those this morning who are struggling. Just dawned on me a second ago that today would have been the beginning of VBS. And so, Lord, for those who are struggling even in that moment of dealing with things that are different this year, I pray that you would encourage their heart. I pray, Lord, as we look at your word, that it would be powerful. I pray, Lord, that we would remember to love like you love. That we would be a, re a reflection of your love in other people's lives. I pray, Lord, that you would give us short memories for those things in our lives that we aren't proud of or that we have struggled with. And that you would help us to build new memories by taking a chance on you. That, Lord, we would step out of our comfort zone. That we would do it different today than before. And that, Lord, you would honor that time, that energy spent, that you would bless us with a different outcome. It's in your name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. Would you guys play, would you play that, uh, there's an illustration up there. And they all need to be recognized and honored today. Today we honor those fathers who consistently strive to balance loving their wives and children with being good, godly workers at their jobs. May you feel the pleasure of God. Today we honor those dads who had poor fathers themselves, but who have committed never to become the father they grew up under. May your children continue to be guarded from any of the hurt you carry. Today we honor the fathers who are older and who no longer have day-to-day -day obligations to their own children. May the family gatherings this weekend make you feel like you could do it all over again. Today we honor the adult children of fathers who are absent. May the God of the fatherless become your father in ways you've only dreamed of. And may you believe with your whole heart that his leaving wasn't your fault. Today we honor men who have no children of their own, but who father younger men as mentors and guides. 
May you see your important roles as impacting and life-changing. And finally today, we honor fathers who have passed away. May their good deeds live on through you, and may their careless deeds be corrected in your lifetime. Today is a special day. So for all the fathers we mentioned, and even those we didn't, be honored, be blessed, and be joyful. We believe that you have what it takes to change the world, and you're doing it one relationship at a time. Happy Father's Day. Good morning. Happy Father's Day. Happy Father's Day. Thanks, Ken. We get the thing on, we'll make it work. There we go. So, even though we're celebrating fathers today, I can't let the rest of you off the hook, right? <laughs> we all, whether we're fathers directly or indirectly, whether we uh, we do as as has an impact on, we have an impact on people's lives, and. The scripture that we're looking at today was a scripture that, uh, that God was sharing with the Israelite people to remind them what was most important. So even if you don't have kids or if you don't have kids at home now or uh, maybe you haven't reached an area where you're uh, ready to have kids, that doesn't, or if you're a female, that doesn't take you out of that the realm of this passage, it just happens to be that we're spending some time talking about fathers today. So, maybe, whoops. Zach, can you get me on the, thanks, oh, not that one, bud. I promise there is. <laughs> It should say Father's Day. Nope. <laughs> sure hate it when a plan doesn't come together. <laughs> so we're going to talk about, all right, so we'll, we'll worry about that when it happens. Bradley's going to go up. It may be, I know it's in both of them, but we'll sort it out. It doesn't matter. So one of the things about being a believer in Christ is that whether we're a father or not a father or a mother, a, a child, wherever we are, that we are to be light in the darkness. Are we not? Scripture tells us, uh, Jesus reminds uh, in John 8, chapter 8, he says, I am the light of the world, and whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. And so the illustration of us being a candle or a, this bright spot, hey, there we go. Thank you, guys. Let's see if I can make it work. Okay. Uh-oh. There we go. Perfect. Thank you. He says, I am the light of the, the world, and whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, will, but will have the light of life. And so we, as, as believers in Christ, have a responsibility to be candles. And maybe we should make hats. I've been thinking about this. Maybe we should make hats and put a little candle on there. We're going to walk around. Seems like a bad idea, huh? Already, Brian would be burnt pretty quickly. They already do that for Dr. Seuss. Oh. <laughs> we are the light of the world, are we not? And we have a responsibility to share that with others. And this passage talks about 
um, how, what we should share and how we should share it. And so this morning, as we look at this word, this word, this God's word, I want to share with you some of the things that come out of this passage. So how many have read this passage before? Anybody know this passage? Uh, anybody know? Brian Renner, he has read it. Only one, Brian, that's good. So for those of you who aren't anybody Jewish here today, Jewish background, okay. This is called the Shema. Uh, and it's one of the very uh, few, there's two or three things that, that the Jews um, have to memorize and know and be able to recite, and recite on a very regular basis. That hero Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. That, that piece, that is called the Shema. And they spend a lot of time teaching that. You know, here in this, book, this passage, it talks about impressing it upon our kids. That's how important this is. Remember, this is right after, because they're getting ready to go to the promised land, and this is right after they share the Ten Commandments. Again, important, but this is another step important. It's so important, and in a few minutes we're going to talk about it, that Jesus talks about this as well in the New Testament, and then he adds a little piece to it. He adds his twist. You know how Jesus adds a twist to things in the New Testament? He'll take something from the Old Testament and, and just put a little tweak on it, uh, and we'll see that in a minute. So we're going to talk about that as well. So the things that, I, that, that came out of this passage for me um, was that we have to pass the love along. Did you catch that it was passed on to you? The scripture says in verse 2, So give it to your children and their children, so that they may fear the Lord your God as long as, they, as you live by keeping the decrees and the commands that I give you, and that you may enjoy long life. So it says, you need to give God's love, understanding of love, to your children and your grandchildren. And then it says in verse 7, impress it upon them. Talk about it when you sit at home, when you stand, when you walk along the road, when you lie down, and when you get up. Did you figure out how many of those are? That's four times a day. When you're sitting at home, when you're going along the road or leaving, when you're laying down and when you're getting up. I'm not sure that we had to do it four times a day, but there's a, a very important piece of that. That's our responsibility to pass it along. Impress upon your kids. Did you ever think about what it means to impress upon them God's love? Does that mean we bring them to church once a week and then we just let it ride for the rest of the week, never speaking another word to, about God, and then we come back another week and we expect it to be impressed upon them. I'm, I'm behind, sorry. Uh, understand that we have to impress our faith upon our kids and those who we come in contact with. I think Sunday school is so important for this reason because we impress upon Children who learn and grow and they impress upon their children. And, and the Jews were, were living in this very much an oral law and, and a lot of these things were passed down, right? Now we have books of everything and we have digital copies and we have Google if we need it, right? But back then, everything was orally given to the next group and to the next group and to the next group. And it was the man's responsibility to pass that along to his children and his children's children. 
that they might pass it along to their children and their children's children, that they might pass it along to their children's children. Because you know what happens when we stop passing it along? It goes away, right? Or it gets really messed up. It gets twisted. And we take a little bit of this, and we take a little bit of that. We blend it all together and try to call it faith. We have to impress upon our children over and over and over and over again. That sounds simple, but it's a lot of work, is it not? We got a puppy this weekend, Thursday. We got a puppy Thursday night. And we haven't slept real well since. You know why, right? Because we have to impress upon our puppy the idea that the bathroom is not in the house. It's outside the house, right? And when a puppy's a year old, they have it figured out. But when a puppy's eight weeks old, you know what happens? I got to go. <laughs> I don't care where I'm at. I'm going to go. <laughs> that's, and that's what an eight-week-old puppy does. And until we impress upon him the fact that we don't want him to do that via... Uh, repetition over and over and over and over and over again, right? Out of the kennel, don't touch the ground, here we go, let's get outside. This is grass, this is where we do it. We have to impress it upon him. We don't have it impressed upon him yet, just so you know. He starts to sniff, we know we got a problem, we better be... <laughs> he knows two things, that and eating. <laughs> and if he, hasn't, <laughs> if he hasn't eaten, he's always... He, he, he's impressed upon his, in some way impressed upon his mind that eating is a good thing because he beats on the bowl already. <laughs> but we have to impress that on those we're trying to teach. And you know what? It's impossible to impress something you don't know yourself. It's impossible if you don't know God's uh, laws and God's rules for your life, it's impossible to share those with anyone else. And probably the reason why we don't impress upon our kids nearly as much as we should. Because we're not comfortable and confident in what we know because we haven't done the work of, of making sure we understand our faith. And when we don't understand our faith, it's pretty hard to impress that upon someone else. Men of God, we have a responsibility to impress that on our kids. We have a responsibility to share our faith in a powerful way. We are the hands and feet of Jesus in that moment when we're sharing our faith. And I think as men that sometimes we have gotten lax in sharing that faith from maybe laziness or just not understanding or whatever it is or busyness. We've created a world of busyness. And inadvertently, not on purpose, but inadvertently, we have taught our kids that that is not important. That it's just something we do. It's just another thing we do. We go to church on Sunday, but it's not in impactful in our life. And when kids grow up and they don't understand that it's important, they grow up and there's no impact on their life. And church, I believe that we are seeing a lot of that uh, repercussions of that today. I'm not blaming fathers and fathers alone. What I'm saying is we're, we're living in a world where faith has not been important enough 
to pass down to the next generation, to the next generation, to the next generation. And we can't figure out why the world is the mess that it is. I have said it, and I'll say it probably till my last breath. You either raise kids proactively, and you teach them about faith, or you raise kids reactively, and you suffer the consequences of not teaching them about faith. Pick your poison. And I'm only speaking from experience because that's what I see. If you don't raise your kids proactively to have a faith and at least understand faith, then you will live with the reactivity of not understanding faith. Trust me, it's a whole lot harder to react to all the struggles of the world that your kids have already been in because you didn't and weren't proactive in the front side. Broken relationships and alcohol and drugs and all those things that are a part of that. Walking away from the faith, stepping away from the family, being that, that interaction being gone, that, the, the butting of heads, all that frustration. Pass on your faith. It requires one thing of you. You have to have faith first. It has to be important to you because if it's not important to you, you will not pass it on. Sorry, I'm on second point and I didn't even realize it. Let me get to there. Let's get there so we can talk about it. In order to pass on that love, you have to love God first. Verse says, you should teach these commands diligently to your children and talk of them when you sit in your house and walk by your way. We just talked about that. What do you have to teach them? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, and your strength. That's just one line. One, three, six, about 15 words. That's all you have to teach your kids. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, and your strength. So let me ask you this question. What does it look like to love the Lord your God with your heart? With all your heart. What's it look like to love your Lord your God with all your soul and with all your strength? What does that look like in your life? To me, that means you put Him first. That He has to be first in your life if you expect to stick anywhere else. The people of God have to see that you are a person of God. And this is where I apologize if you've had a rough upbringing or if your dad, your father figure, whoever it was, who was that person, maybe didn't meet that standard. I want to apologize because that's started your life out in the wrong direction. You started with a, with a skewed version or vision of what fatherhood looks like. And yet it's our default until we know something different. So we do what we know until there's something different to change it. 
I'm sorry if that's where you start today or even when you started your life. Some people start with no father figure in their life. And that's hard. And I ask myself this question, how can I show love if I never felt that love? It's a great question and a great response. What if I've never felt a father's love? How do I express that love? You're right. The only person who could help you understand that is God. And I recognize that some, for some people that the father figure of God is, is a hard thing to take. Because sometimes... Sorry, I'm behind again. Sometimes our understanding and our vision of our Father has got in the way of our vision and understanding of God. All the more reason to get into Scripture and recognize how the real God, the real Father figure in our lives should be. Husbands, same thing, right? Husbands, love your wives as the church gave up himself for her. Yeah, I misread it. Sorry, Ken. You're right. Let me read it again. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. It works in marriages as well. You may not have grown up in a good family with a good marriage. That's not an excuse to continue that process into your next marriage. Even though you may have grown up in dysfunction. God gives us the opportunity to understand through His Word what Scripture tells us about marriage. Men, we have the right and the ability to, and the responsibility to love our wives as Christ loved the church. That's sacrificial. It should hurt. And you know what? That's okay. Christ gave up his life for you. That tells me that marriage and being a father is not going to be easy. And it shouldn't be, it should be hard. Jesus takes it another step further. This is where I was talking about earlier. He talks about it in Matthew. He says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and all your mind. You remember that part, right? That was what we just read. This is the first and greatest commandment. Guess what the second one is? Love your neighbor as yourself. So Jesus always, take, he always took that Old Testament piece and he would just put a, a little piece and add a little twist to it to remind us. That we need to love our neighbor as ourselves. Church, that is our mantra, is it not? Our mission statement. To love our neighbors. We have a responsibility. That's the next step out. Not as easy as it sounds, is it? 
We have a responsibility to pass our love on, pass the love that was given to us on, to love God first, and finally, to show your love. This may be the hardest, most challenging part to me in this passage. That's a great, nice, fluffy picture, is it not? Feels fluffy to me. I like it. Makes me feel good. But I wonder as fathers how often we do this with our kids, especially when they begin to get a little older. I wonder how often we're willing to share a hug. To show emotion that we have inside. To be real with our kids. We live in a world where it's not okay to do this. We live in a world where it's not okay for men to cry. You can say, well, I I don't believe that. Well, I challenge you. That showing emotion as a man is somehow weak. You know what men who don't cry do? Does anybody know what men who don't cry do? You know how they express their emotion? They get angry. Anger is a secondary emotion to fear and sadness. And so men who won't cry get mad. They still share that emotion, but they aren't able to to shed it in tears, and so they do it in anger and in frustration. And guess what? It's a whole lot more unhealthy in anger than it is in a tear. Passage tells the Jews how to show how much they love God. It's a little bit different than anything we do uh, in the Christian culture. It says, tie it on your forehead. Can you see that little block? of? It's a block of wood is what it is. A block of wood with a hollowed out spot. Uh, it's called a, a Teflon. And you can see, do you see the one on their arm also? There's one on their bicep. It's on the opposing bicep of uh, their, their uh, writing hand. So their weaker hand it would be on. And so they put that Teflon on, their, on here and on their forehead. They wrap that band all the way around seven times and then all the way up through their finger and not the end. Guess what's in the Teflon? Scripture, yeah. It's a, the Shema we just read about, Hero Israel. That's in there. There's two other pieces that are passages in there. It's in a scroll, handwritten uh, by a rabbi uh, or official of the, of the Jewish culture. This is carved out of wood, and it's worn during prayer time. You think that would help you remember what to, what to focus on during prayer time? If you had a Uh, Teflon on your forehead and one on your bicep. God says, listen, I want you to do this not because you look silly. I want you to do this because I want you to understand how important it is and I don't want you to forget. He says, write it on your doorpost. Did you hear that part? They used to have these things called mezuzahs. That's what this is here. And, oops, oh, the scroll fell out. Really just a post-it note, but 
they would, they would do the same thing with their scrolls and they would put these on their doorposts. And I was telling Brentley this morning, they never lined them up evenly with the doorpost. They're always on a cant. And I said, for some of those with OCD, it would be really frustrating. <laughs> but the design is, there's, it's a reason. It's tipped for a reason so that it shows up, it sticks out. And the same thing, put it on your doorpost. Sometimes they would, uh, would carve it in the, above the doorpost on a piece of wood. Why? To remind them to show their love. Make it visible. Help them remember to show their love. To speak it, to express it. We come from generations past who said, I'll let you know when I quit loving you. We've heard that, right? You've heard that in generations past, right? I'll let you know when I quit loving you. Now, we don't always say that on purpose or say that. Men of faith, we need to be better at showing love to our families. I grew up in a really interesting family dynamic. So my mom's side is huggers. And they're all huggers. Like everybody hugs and gets a kiss every time. When you meet, when you leave, they're, they're huggers. I mean, they doesn't matter who it is, if it's your aunt, whoever. You give them a hug, you give them a kiss, coming and going. And then I grew up on my dad's side of the family. And nobody's huggers. None. They might shake a hand, but they're not huggers. And so I've grown up with this really weird dynamic, and, and it works great for the receiving line in the back of the church, because I can do the huggers, I can do the non-huggers. I, I... But what I've learned through all that is physical touch is so important. It's so important to show our love that way. It's not the only way, but it's important. Men of faith, we have to find ways to show our love. To be vulnerable to our kids. To tell them that we love them. It's easy when they're little. That's easy stuff to tell a one-year-old. It's when they grow up, we have a harder time with that. And I'd love to tell you that I have it all figured out because I'm the preacher guy, right? but I'm not good at it either. I have to work at it. And I'm really not good at it with my son as much as I am with my girls. And still a work in progress for me. It doesn't mean I don't love them. I'm not really good at expressing that love. Man of faith, step up and show love to your kids. Show love to your spouse. There's no better way to show your kids how to love someone than to love your spouse. It leaves me with this question. Oops. How will you be a father figure to your kids today? How will you step out in faith and share that love with them? Because I don't think it's the fact that we don't love them. It's just that we're not really good at showing them. 
And we get trapped in a world that says, well, this is what my dad did, and this is what I'll do, and this is what my kids will do, and this is what my kids' kids will do. And yet the scripture says, listen, teach them so that you can teach your kids to their kids' kids so that they can teach their kids' kids and continue to work it down. Maybe it's time to do something different. And as long as we're still breathing, we have time. For some of us, we've felt trapped. Trapped in a life of this is all we know and this is all we do. I love this picture because it reminds me of the freedom that Christ gives us. It reminds me that we're no longer in a cage uh, stuck doing what we've been doing. We have the freedom to do something different. Men of God, do something different. It will be awkward the first time. It'll probably be awkward the second time. Might even be awkward the third time. But take heart. It won't be awkward forever. Share with your kids the freedom in Christ that you have. And if you're not free, let's talk. If you're under the bondage of your past or the, the struggles of your life, let's talk. Because Jesus came and lived a perfect life for one reason. He knew the reason coming in and he succeeded going out. He didn't come to make 12 friends or to make people raised from the dead or to get chased out of cities. He came for one reason and one reason alone. To live a perfect life, to die on that cross, to be raised again that we might have eternal life. That's the only reason he came. God in the flesh. Don't miss that part of it. That's the most important part. Let's pray. Lord God, you are a good and mighty God. Lord, you are a father to the fatherless. You are good when nothing else in life is good. Lord, I pray for those who are hurting this morning. Those who don't like Father's Day. Those who struggle to make it through the day. You know their plight. You know their cares and concerns. And Lord, I ask that you would hold them tight today. That Lord, you would bring along other believers beside them to encourage their heart. Lord, we know inside their broken hearts have big holes. And Lord, we just ask that you would begin to heal them. You care so much, so deeply about them. 
their lives. Lord, I pray for those who have come up short as fathers, those who have felt the sting of uh, not involved father, Lord, those who have experienced the pain that of not being a father, Lord, there are so many different scenarios. I ask, Lord, you would quiet and calm and give them peace this morning as well. I thank you, Lord, that even though they may not have experienced that, they have continued to be mentors and to step out in areas, Lord, where they could step in a role of a father. Lord, as church members and leaders of this in this community, I pray that you would continue to encourage us to take that extra step to encourage those around us, to be role models to those who are growing up, to encourage their faith, to strengthen them, Lord, that they might be followers of you. In your name we pray. Amen.